That's good. Yeah, I don't know Dude, what that was. Good to see you, man. What's going on? Nothing, man. Good morning. Uh, just hanging out. Excited to be with you guys. Sweet, man. We're excited to have you today. So we were just kind of, I was just filling some folks in on kind of who you are and what you're doing out there in Granger, Indiana. And, Good old uh, Granger, Indiana. That's right. But uh, <laughs> you're, a, you're a Pennsylvania boy and uh, from, yeah. from uh, origins, right? And uh, you're, uh, you're not a Raiders fan, are you? No, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> just Steelers. Just clarify that. Yeah, but, yeah, dude, it's great to have you. So again, welcome to the Join the Song podcast. The guy and we got Michael Clutniati joining us today. Um, he's uh, the worship pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. Um, he is uh, he's a, a worship leader vet. Uh, hopefully, I can <laughs> call you that. You've been doing this a long time, man, um, and uh, you had some variants of experience. And man, just man, I know you have a, a, a huge heart for 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 people and for team building and and building culture in your local church and building and developing people in your local church. And, and it comes out in the way that you, uh, you do your ministry and the way you are with people, the way you're arguing with myself. And that's something that, that I value oh, thanks, man. immensely. So we're just going to dive into that. Today's going to be a little bit unique, maybe compared to some of our other conversations. Um, we're going to have maybe a little bit more time to talk about stuff. So I'm going to say right up here on the front end, guys, but let's please interact with us today. This is going to be one where I really would love for you guys to ask some questions. Um, let's talk together about this. We're going to be talking about, the process of, of culture building and team building today. Um, and, uh, you know, Mike is going to be sharing just the experiences that he's had in, in the church that he's at. So, and like, let's just be real. I'm, I can kind of um, lift you up a little bit. You know, when you started, you started as a, kind of a, a young kid who just didn't really know kind of what <laughs> this was when you started. Yeah. It was a church plant. You're like, man, I'm diving into a church plant. Like, what's this? And then here you are almost 10 years later at one of the largest harvest churches in the country. Sure, and yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing to see what the Lord's done in your life and, and through the work that you're doing and, and just some of the process that you've gone through. So we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to hopefully have some folks kind of join us in and, in the conversation as far as uh, and what it means to be you know, building culture in, in your team and, and as your church. But, man, just kind of tell us your story a little bit. Share with us kind of you know, what the Lord's done to bring you to where you are now. I've kind of set the stage for you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would echo what you're saying. You know, I I don't think I ever thought this would be exactly what I would be doing, and uh, and then to all the glory has to go to the Lord just in the the oh. ministry we've got to see my family. Yeah. Um, so I'm I've been married for uh, going on eleven years, and I've wow. been at, at this church for about almost ten years, and so uh, I was. I'll tell you, like the the cool stuff. I I grew up in a Christian home and I was, you know, starting to get into music in junior high. And then I ended up at like a camp where I saw like real worship happening and yeah. started wanting to write music and sing and got involved in youth groups and different things like that. And so yeah. I found myself leading worship a lot, but as I was getting through high school, you know, it's, you come to that time where you have to figure out like what you're going to do with your life and like worship yeah. pastoring, worship leading, that wasn't anywhere on my radar. Uh, I didn't, I hadn't really been exposed to a lot of worship pastoring, you know, because I was at smaller churches and I didn't go to some churches. And so my senior pastor in Pittsburgh area in 2005, I was just graduating high school and he's like, Hey, I want you to come to this pastor's conference with me. 
And so we went out to Chicago to Harvest Bible Chapel there. Yeah. And uh, man, that was like, so I was, you know, I was writing music. I was, I was playing some shows. I was trying to, you know, quote unquote, make it big, if you will, or at least had that in my mind. And then I yeah. go to this conference and uh, I remember just being like encountered with high impact, vertical, God glorifying, unashamed adoration, yeah. maybe for the first time in a church setting in, in like a real pastoral shepherding way. Yeah. And uh, as I'm as I'm like searching for what to do with my life, it was at that conference that God really kind of said, hey, music's going to take a back seat. And uh, I want you rather than have a heart for the arts and the creativity and the music and all these things. Yeah. God started birthing in me this heart for the local church and for his people. And, yeah. uh, you know, specifically John four twenty four. you know, God is spirit. He's looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. And wow. it, at that conference, I'm like, man, if, if God, if it's so important to God to go searching the earth for these specific kind of worshipers, then we need passionate people who are contagious in their worship, who understand worship biblically, and who are going to be unashamed to go into the local body and try to help, help foster that so that yep. God can find the kind of worshipers he's seeking, you know? And so yeah. we're not just disciples of Jesus, but like we're, we need to be worshipers of Jesus. As we grow as disciples, we're becoming greater and better worshipers, you know, yeah. until until we get reach glory ultimately. And so, yeah. so man, I met, you know, at that conference, Andy Rozier was a big influence and yeah. Meredith Andrews was just coming on. And so I kind of like, I'm this young kid who had no idea what was going on but i'm like i want to give my life to this and they suggested liberty university so i i like went home enrolled in liberty university and uh yeah. found myself there did the worship and music studies got married like got engaged did a year i transferred in did a year my wife and i moved down there finished and uh upon graduation um you know i'd stayed in touch with andy a little bit our, yeah. our, our biggest desire was to be back in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where our families are. And, so you're Steelers fan? Yeah, definitely Steelers fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All Pittsburgh. All right. And uh, yeah, Raiders, man, no. Uh, are you a Raiders fan? You know, we'll talk about that off. All right, off we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, but our our we our desire was to be in Pittsburgh, and you know yeah. we had some connections options. And in my mind, I'm thinking like I'll get it, I'll get placed in the mega church, this big yeah. thriving place where I can get on a team and do the creative thing, do the music thing. So that was in my mind in yeah. Pittsburgh. And then I like I was more sending. I kind of shot my resume to Andy just to say, hey, give me some advice. Uh, what would you do in my situation? And uh, he he quickly shot back, have you thought about church planting? And I was like, no, no idea what that is, And uh, <laughs> like at the time. And so I started seeing what was going on in the harvest world. Yeah. And they, they tell me, hey, why don't you come up? We got a strong core group in Granger, Indiana. I had no idea where Granger, Indiana was. <laughs> but I said, but like my wife and I were praying for something quick so that we could get into ministry. We were praying that God would provide financially for our needs. And we were yeah. praying that we'd end up at a biblically solid 
uh, you know, church that took worship serious and all that. And uh, we knew that about Harvest. And so we flew up here the third Sunday of Harvest Granger's existence. We got to lead worship, or I got to lead worship. And uh, after that Sunday, Pastor Trent is Griffith, who's still the pastor here. He, yeah. he said, I'd love to offer you a job. So we're like, okay, we were praying for a job quick. And then they're like, and we knew that it was a biblically solid, philosophically solid, just Christ-centered place. So that was two. And then he's like, but we want you to come as soon as possible, but we don't have any money to pay you. And I'm like, ah, uh, you know, that's probably not the greatest thing. They're like, you can work right. at guitar, you can work at guitar center while you, which is what all worship leaders do, maybe. No big deal, right? Yeah. When they don't get paid. So, uh. <laughs> So I came, yeah. I, I was feeling like the Lord was in it. And there's some crazy stories. Like the day after I called Trent to say, Hey, we're feeling like God might be in this and we're willing to step out in faith. And he's like, man, a guy yeah. was here. A guy was here yesterday when you led worship first time. And he wow. said, that guy needs to be here. Gave $10,000 so I could be like part time for a season. And we're like, that's definitely God will give us four weeks. Uh, and week three of that, we found out we were pregnant with our first child. Wow. <laughs> so it's it just ground running, man. It was a crazy time. So like we move up to Indiana. First three yeah. months lived with a family. Second three months stayed at a family's house while they were away, and all that was rent free. We were wow. part time, and then by the end of six months, God provided, allowed us to come on full time. The church was starting to grow, get some traction, wow. and uh, yeah. And then like at the time, we were thinking we'll be here two years. And now fast forward 10 years later, we've seen just the Lord like grow our church. We've seen so many people give their life to Christ. We've seen so many people, yeah. you know, we're a disciple making church, which is exciting. And so, and then, yeah, like what I'm passionate, I always said, like, wherever I am, I want to see the church produce passionate, contagious worshipers. And yeah. man, sometimes I have to look, I just step back and have to give God glory when I come away from a weekend. We've been having just some amazing weekends where wow. God's presence is showing up, and and it's not it's not because of the awesome, it's not because of the music, not because of the volunteers, it's because of the people are hungry for the presence of God at our mm. church, and uh, yeah. we're just continually trying to foster that and be open handed with that. Yeah, wow. I love it, dude. What a yeah. story, man. That's a lot. It's, it's cool to, to see how the Lord orchestrates these little things. And you and I have talked a lot already, and I've shared bits of my story so far and what the Lord's done and his similarities yeah. in certain ways. And Church planning, man, you got to love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you wear a lot of hats, but you learn yeah. a lot in the process, yeah, which is, yeah, well-rounded. Let's, let's, let's kind of dive into that. Like, man, this, when you're started with with Harvest Granger, you know, you're you're kind of fresh out of college. You're like, man, we're going to kind of dig in here and, you know, how many people were in the core group when you started? So I came, Roughly. like I said, it had the church had already started, That's right, third, and I got in Sunday. about That's two right. months later. So, um, okay. so there was probably a hundred and twenty people okay. in the church at so, the time. At a church, so they hundred and twenty people. That's brand new. Yeah. Yeah. You're coming on the scene. And you're like, what's 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 that first order of business in your mind? You're thinking like. You know what's what's like what, what's going through your mind? Let's kind of start there because this is this is you know this is new. This is yeah. brand new. So I guess what, what's I'm sure there's probably a little bit of like what am I getting myself into right now? Um, yeah. Combine that with like 
you know, what's, what's, what's the first thing that you started to do? I know you kind of mentioned in some conversations that we've had, like just you were intentional about sending out like just, you know, emails and, and just, you know, messaging people and getting to, to kind of build community with people. So kind of just start there. Just like, what was that process for you? Yeah. So I think there, I mean, there's two avenues that I think I experienced and I gained some experience from, I was leading at a small Baptist church in Virginia before I came and they were like a hymns only church. And uh, the pastor was really gracious and trying to move it forward. But I, man, the Lord taught me so much there because what he taught me was don't be the guy that wants to come out and do everything, you know, don't do be the guy that wants to come out and do all the cutting Mm -hmm. edge things. So it was, um, I had to embrace the challenge to learn the specific people that God was calling me to lead. And, uh, you know, so it was there, you have to have a willingness to lay down your preference of music, your style, all of those things. And that's like towards your congregation. But then you also have to understand, you know, I was stepping into an already formed small worship team. And so nobody wants to be the guy that comes in and, you know, arrogantly kind of takes charge and like wipes everybody out and everything that's already been fostered. And so, so from that standpoint, you know, what I tried to do, like there were some, there were some gifted, you know, people who were trying to give leadership to it. And so I sought to like build relationship with those people initially on the team. And like I had, a there was a keys player who um, was, was a great, you know, a ranger, great organizer, and rather than, yeah. and you know, it, it's awkward when the young guy comes in and this guy who's has, who kind of has grabbed onto that, loves yeah. that. So rather than, rather than like push him out the whole way, my desire was to build a relationship with him. And so I remember like mm. in rehearsals, Hey, Hey, I would ask him, what's your opinion on how we should go with this song? And we would talk mm. about those things. Right. And, yeah. uh, I think you have to be, when it comes to your volunteers and your core, it's it serve the people as you want to be served love the people as you want to be loved uh have a servant leadership mentality and that starts to foster the ability for you to take them to the next level in your leadership so when you meet people where they are you're going to endear followership as you take them forward later and uh that was like you know, something that I had to learn, but it was a big, it was, it was, uh, I was thankful for coming into that in a way that, uh, was helpful. And, um, yeah, like the, the music, I, I love Proverbs eighteen six. It says a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And so like, it's so easy for me to come in and say how I, I think things should be done or man, I want things to be done a certain way, or this is how we're going to do things. And yet it's foolish if I don't seek the understanding of the people that God has put me in front of or that God has put me uh, along with. And that should be the ultimate thing because that's going to help endear followership and allow me to take people and things forward in the future. Right? Yeah. Yeah. People nine, out of 10 people aren't going to care what you have to say until you show them that you care about them first. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's the case. Totally. Um, but I mean, so, from like, yeah, this, what, go ahead. well, what you were saying about, I mean, from, from a church planning, that was kind of a, that's more of a leadership thing. Like on a Sunday morning, yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah. It was great that 
my senior pastor gets worship. And so there was freedom to stop in the middle of a song and say, hey, like nobody seems with it today. Do you guys understand what we're singing and saying to the Lord right now? Because like the Bible says that we should give him everything. And so let's go back and sing this chorus with all of our hearts. Or I remember like the stand was a big yeah. song at the time, right? And yeah. it was like, hey, we're singing, I'll stand with arms high, heart abandoned, in awe, the one who gave it all. Nobody in this right. room has their hands raised. It's okay to lift up your hands. What are we doing when we lift our hands? We're saying that we surrender to the holiness of God, that we're putting up our hands as if to say, hey, we're, we're going to give it all away. We're opening our hands to you. We surrender to your greatness. And that was, you know, so those kinds of things, constantly addressing the postures of worship that, that are appropriate, constantly addressing the culture that's in the room. We would stop all the time and say, hey, it's, in, it's so important that you get here on time. It's so important that you sit up front. It's so important that you're bold and participatory yeah. in your worship. Like those yeah. things are things we repeated all the time. And in the first six months, it felt like we're, you know, pulling teeth sometimes during worship. And it would be like, why is nobody responding? This is so important. But you have to remember when you plan a church, when you're building a, a culture of worship, you got all these different people from different cultures of worship. You know, you got the mm. Baptist people who'd never clap their hands. You got the seeker right. people who they're used to just like watching the people on stage. You got maybe charismatic people who are all out. And it's like, it just makes everybody feel awkward when they get in the room together until you get the core to embrace an unashamed adoration. You address the things that are okay. And why are they okay? Because the Bible says that they're okay. Yeah. And those things help slowly create the kind of culture and the response that you want in worship. And so, yeah. uh, yeah. That was big. Dude, I love it, man. Like, you're touched on such, like, something as simple as, like, just showing up on time. That's just, like, you know, like, man, like, I haven't hit on that yet. You know, that's something that, you know, attention to detail stuff as a leader to be thinking about. Hey, it's not just building culture of our understanding of worship, but also, like, the little things of, like, man, just showing up in time to be intentional and be a part of it as a, as a, as a family and as a that's taking personal ownership, whether you're on the platform or not, you know, as, yeah. a, as a member of the church to, hey, I'm going to be a part of what's happening here and part of the, the corporate offering of worship as a, as a family, you know, um, yeah. and taking, like I said, intentional ownership of that as an individual. That's that's good. I love that. I love that you kind of even went there. Um, let's just kind of talk a little bit more, I guess, mechanics, I guess. You know, like I was mentioning before briefly in a conversation that you and I had about, like, um, just some of the things that you did to kind of, you know, that were intentional from you to build culture, you know, um, you know, like you were talking about these, these emails and these messages that you send out at some point in your journey along the way to kind of work on, you know, the understanding of, of what it means to, to worship and to, to build that culture. Kind of talk to us a little bit about that. What was that and how did you come to that conclusion and, and how did, how did that kind of ultimately turn out with the, the way the culture is? Yeah, I mean, uh, what you're referring to with the emails is like in the in the early days, you know, you have the church system where everybody who's been there, they filled out the thing, they get put in the church system. So I was 
writing yeah. like an email every Monday to the entire church that's in our database. And base, you know, it was like a blog post kind of thing, but it was my outlet to describe and explain biblically a, uh, a posture of worship or a reason that we sing or a reason that we bow down in worship or a reason that we gather together as the body of Christ and sing together a reason that we sing new songs to the Lord, like every aspect of things that um, sometimes can get pulled apart in worship ministry. It was just an outlet to, to give an explanation behind it and an outlet to say, Hey, this is why our church does this. And this is why it's important. And uh, you know, what that did was just, it was an outlet. And I, I remember, you know, in the early days I was, I was just trying to form as many people's minds and thoughts around this second, our church, our churches have these pillars. The second pillar is lifting high the name of Jesus in worship. Well, if that's a pillar of our church, right. and if that's so important, then our people have to understand like, man, we're, yeah. we're not going after, uh, the best music or we're not going after the best production. We're not going after something that we come and just watch. Like this isn't a spectator yeah. sport. This is a participation, high energy, uh, going all out for the glory of God every single week, get our eyes off of ourselves yeah. and onto Christ. And so that was the emails. That was kind of what I was doing with that. And later I, I would, I started kind of a blog and would write more on that. And that was helpful to get just people in our, my church, the ability to, to read some of that content. Um, and then, I mean, in, with the worship team those days, you know, now, nowadays in like rehearsals, we always start with devotion and prayer and the, in the first kind yeah, of 10, 15 let's, minutes. Let's pause that for a second and let's, let's dive yeah. into that. So like when you, when you get together, like you, like the other day we were talking on like your rehearsal night and um, yeah. like when you're, when you got off the phone with me and, and you were like finishing up getting ready for rehearsal, like, did you, you know, I'm sure you kind of took some time to think through this devotion. I guess what, what's that process look like when you're preparing for a rehearsal on, as the worship leader? What are some of the things that you're preparing yeah. and has that, what's that process? And then secondly, I guess, what is that, I guess, the execution of that and the, the, uh, the, you know, the context of the rehearsal? How do you go about doing that? Is it something where it's, you know, like, I'll speak for myself here into give you an example. Like, for us, when we sit down for a rehearsal, we kind of go around the room and I'll, I'll ask each individual person specifically, like, just talk to me about your week. What was, what's one thing the Lord has taught you this week about yourself? Um, and what's one thing the Lord's challenging you to grow on this week, you know, That's awesome. um, and just getting them to talk. And then through that, yeah. everybody gets a chance to share. And then, you know, we kind of collectively will pray through something. And then sometimes I'll do a devotional, but it's not always a formal devotional. I don't know if that's something yeah. you do or just talk to me through about the, what you guys do. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think any chance you can get your volunteers to talk, speak up, share from their hearts, yeah. I think that's a huge win. And uh, yeah, I mean, the process is probably, it changes, it varies. Um, like this past Thursday after I talked to you, um, I just shared from 2 Corinthians 10, uh, you know, about Paul to saying all the things that he has reason to brag on, but he's not bragging because he only will boast in Jesus. And if anything, he's going to boast in his weakness. And the, the paradox for us as believers is that, you know, it's in that position of weakness, which 
the yeah. word worship in yeah. Hebrew is shaka, right? So it's like to lay down with your face on the ground. And so mm -hmm. I was saying to them, you know, that's about the weakest position you could possibly be in. And yet that's the position that we are going to draw the most strength from. And so it's as the, as the Christian, as the worshiper, yeah. as somebody who stands on a platform uh, every week and probably whether you like it or not, people come into the room and they look at you on stage and they think, man, I want what that person has, or they must be so spiritual or they can put you on a sure. pedestal. And the truth is we're all on an even playing field. And, you know, if we can remain weak, we can be strong, yeah. draw strength from the Lord. So that was just like, that was just something that I read that morning and the Lord was impressing mm -hmm. on my own heart. And so wow. the process has changed over time, but sure. I, I think it's just important that on Thursday we start that way. So sometimes it'll start with a discussion like what you just shared, or I have several, some other worship leaders where I'll say, Hey, can you, can you give the devotional thought tonight? Um, and, and then, or, you know, or sometimes it's just sharing from the heart. I think it's important less than being constantly writing, trying to come up with something to say. It's more yeah. important that we're sharing where God has taken us yeah. because then mm -hmm. we can take others with us. And so yeah. that night was that. And then we always end with, we always do a prayer time. I try to open it up like, Hey, what can we specifically pray for, for anyone in the group? And so we were able to pray for like our guitarist who's trying to buy a house. We were trying, we were able to pray for our keyboardist lady who husband is having some tests done and they're looking for medical answers. And so it just kind of opens, it kind of makes the group feel like family and we can pray for one another and uplift one another and then pray ultimately that the Lord would show up on the weekend and that he'd already be burning in our hearts as we go in. And so yeah. I've, I've, that, process has changed over time some it, yeah. you know i recently got this book of uh liturgies i can't it's like every holy moment or something like that but man okay. there's some great liturgies in there just prayers and uh and i've i've read a few of those just to start rehearsal like hey let's give our hearts to this prayer you know so the process changes but we're just always doing something and always prioritizing prayer because i think that's just super important going into the weekends yeah totally um sorry guys give me one second here i just gotta fix this so i'm not getting what's hang on a second i'm sorry guys um okay for some reason i guess if you leave it your status on your Facebook messenger, things will be popping up like crazy and it's getting in the way of that. So thank you for your patience on that. So let's, um, I noticed, uh, Courtney had a comment, uh, a comment here. Um, I'd love to try to, to dive into if I can find it. Um, give me a second here. It's not posted. Oh, there it is. Um, what are some technical things you did with your team to unify, um, uh, to unify? Um, let me see if I can open that up. Worship nights, meetings, hanging out as a, as a group, retreats, et cetera. What worked and what didn't in your experience? So what's some, what are some technical things you did with your team to unify? Um, yeah. Maybe you can speak to that as far as, um, as, far as that question in, in your own experience. Yeah. Um, it's such a 
it's a tough thing to I get I lost you or not. Worship volunteers. Yeah, you got me? I'm here. You got me? Oh hello. Go ahead. I got you now. Yeah. Um yep, it's I a tough you. thing always to get uh it's a tough to, thing to get worship volunteers together just because they're volunteers, they work full time jobs, they have families. Um what we've something yeah. we've tried to do is uh, uh, quarterly worship collectives we call them, and uh, this has actually been a really okay. big win for us in the last year and a half. Um, and so, what the worship collective looks like they're once a month, we do them on a Thursday evening, uh, and we do them from seven o'clock to nine o'clock. And I always provide childcare and invite the spouse of any volunteer on the team. Mm. That's been a huge win. And what it does for us culturally is it, it emphasizes that this is a team thing that like when a husband is getting up at 6am to come to rehearsal on Sunday morning, yeah. That's good. that their husband, their wife who's staying home with the kids and getting their kids to church on time by themselves you know, that that's just as big of an act of worship as the husband playing drums on Sunday morning or vice versa for the wife uh, that leads worship and the husband who's bringing the kids to church. And so I, I really want to emphasize that always. And so it's been really cool. Some people take advantage of it and some are just glad to get a babysitter and come on their own. But, I, you know, it's crazy. Like sometimes there's a ton of kids, but I just I pay um, like some of our youth to. Uh, watch the kids, and then we we invite the spouse into the worship collective. So the worship collective is usually there's some. I always yeah. get like snacks and food and stuff like that, and then uh, there's just hangout time. Usually an icebreaker, like find somebody you don't know and uh, meet them. We have two campuses at our church currently, and we're about to add a third. And so there's worship volunteers at both campuses, so a lot of people don't know each other. And uh, we're constantly adding new people to the team. So there's surprisingly a lot of people that haven't ever rubbed shoulders when they come to the worship collective. So it's a cool place for them to meet new people. So like I'll put an icebreaker up on the screen screen that's like, hey, before we start, find somebody new, ask them what their name is, what they play on the team and something like what's their best hobby. And then like when we start the worship collective, you do the whole, hey, somebody Hey, uh, Andrew, you stand up and introduce who you met today. And then they do that. So it's just kind of a way to, you know, break the ice and just get people uh, talking and communicating and those sorts of things. Uh, we've done, yeah. I, I'm high, I like to be high on appreciation. So, you know, one, one worship collective, we bought $5 Starbucks gift cards for everybody and just put them on a table, said, hey, have a drink on us, that kind of thing. Sometimes we'll say, yeah. hey, like, want to recognize Renee, you know, great job on keys and here's a gift card, you know, or whatever. Uh, yeah, we've done, we've done different things like that. Um, so constantly trying to appreciate those that are giving extra effort and going the extra mile. Um, and then yeah. on the worship collectives, I always get a different group to lead worship. So I'll, I'll like say, Hey, you four put together a worship set. You're going to lead our whole worship team in, in worship. Um, so that's always a cool opportunity because they kind of get to give it their own flavor and they can kind of, you know, share their heart in it a little bit. Yeah. Um, we set up in a circle and the band isn't on a platform. They stand on the ground in that circle. Yeah. 
as if to yeah. say, no, nobody here's elevated. We all stand shoulder to shoulder. Whatever gifting you bring to the table, we all are in this together. So we give that yeah. picture. And then, uh, you know, one, one worship collective, I had a worship pastor, or I had a past, our pastor of our St. Joe campus come and talk about servant leadership. Sometimes I share my heart. One time we just did a panel discussion with a lot of our worship leaders and we answered questions about, um, we, you know, I had put out previously, hey, if you have any questions, the biggest, and then we try to get into practical things like the biggest thing, the first thing priority that the worship collective is for is just that we seek holiness together and that we worship mm, wow. together before we try to lead others in worship. That's the first priority. The second thing okay. is that we could have open conversations about um, technical things and worship leading things, things that, you know, you know how like in the green room, you have just awesome conversations randomly about maybe, hey, what should stage presence look like? Or, hey, what should I do with my hands? Or what should I do with my face or eyes whenever I'm up here? Like those, I feel like those conversations happen all the time in the green room. And I'm always trying to figure out how do I like make those conversations happen in the large group of everybody. And so the panel discussion has helped us with that because like we'll have people submit questions, but just, you know, talk about, they want it, they need to hear, want to hear about, um, about, uh, you know, stage presence and band uh, functioning together and click tracks and Ableton and uh, vocal warmups. You know, we talk about everything as much as we can in those collectives. And then, um, and then we always end those with prayers. So sometimes I'll say all the bass players get together, drummers get together, guitars get together. And they just, and then I put a list of things to pray for on the screen. Or sometimes it's like, yeah. you know, guys, girls, sometimes it's groups of three and just praying for one another, praying for our team, praying for our church, you know? So that, those, those, that's been a big win in getting people together. It, it's hard. You have to give them, the biggest thing I've learned is you do it. You don't do it for those who aren't there. You do it for those who are there. So it can get discouraging if you put time and thought into something and then people, not everybody shows up, right? But if you don't yeah, get discouraged totally. and if you press through, I've found that God shows up in a cool way with whoever is there. And uh, that's yeah. important. Like don't, don't stop, stop doing it. Don't cancel it whenever you don't get the turnout you want. Just keep going and people will see what they're missing out on eventually and they'll join in. So process. Yeah. I mean, I want to just take a couple more minutes here and just talk about some questions and people that have comments here. Rich, Rich Kirkpatrick is a, is a good friend of mine and uh, he, he left a comment on here. By the way, it's Courtney. Great question. Thank you, Courtney, for, for diving in. Yeah. And, and thank you, man, for diving into that as well and explaining. Um, just uh, Rich says, um, have you done a book with worship team or outside stuff for discipleship? Um, I guess, have you, have you worked through, a, have you done a, a book with your worship team or outside stuff, meaning like perhaps maybe a, another type of program um, for discipleship within your worship team? Yeah, so in the early days when our team was way smaller, we did lots of books. Um, and those would be, you know, every week they would read a chapter and we would discuss it before the rehearsal. Um, so so that was... Yeah, that was more, yeah, kind of a small group feel. And we would just go chapter to chapter. If somebody wasn't on that week, it was okay. And I would usually follow up with an email, like, here's what we discussed. Um, 
at, at like Christmas when I could. It's gotten pretty big now to where I can't always do this, but at Christmas, you know, several years I would buy a book for the whole team and say, hey, this is a book I'm reading on worship. I hope it blesses you and just get that in their hands. Um, re- more recently, I I send, you know, I'll send articles or um, maybe book recommendations to our team and that sort of thing. Or if I read something really impactful, I'll just share it at rehearsal, um, yeah. that kind of stuff. And then, but on a micro discipleship thing, we've gotten to the point where we can start doing that. And so what I try to do is grab like, um, you know, five or six guys, girls that I see a lot of potential in who will eventually, I think, become worship leaders in a local church. So this summer I have three interns in our worship ministry and I have one, two, three, for probably five like youth college worship yeah. leaders that are that are up and coming. So what I did this summer and I've I'm loving it. It's it's like stretching me, but every Wednesday we've been doing worship workshop Wednesday. So if yeah, if, right. if you want to talk about process to all of this, I would say don't be afraid to try new things. Like yeah. and I have my leaders encourage me to fit like run hard and it's okay if you fail. Like figure out what just be creative in it. And so I'm constantly trying to think of new ways that motivate me, but also build disciples. And I'm, I love the next generation of worship leaders. Like, and so, um, these worship workshop Wednesdays, every Wednesday from 1030 to noon, it's just like a different session. And so I have my three interns. I got about five youth college worship leaders and the first week we talked about private worshiper and personal worship. The second week we talked about the journey of worship. The third week we talked about some of this kind of stuff, like building a worship culture from day one. Next week we're talking about Ableton and band, uh, unifying a band and working together as a band, those sorts of things. Yeah. So it's I'm developing yeah. content for training worship leaders, but I'm also have a, a close knit of people who like may give their life to this and may be in a local church someday. And they're like worth pouring into as a worship pastor. Um, I, I, I think like worship ministry is in some ways a young person's game. So like we're all growing and getting older and more mature in our leadership, but hopefully we're looking to the next generation to take our place because that's going to be the strength of our church going forward. And so that's like that's the micro level of discipleship as a big full team that's why i'm trying to do worship collectives you know a prayer and devotion time before rehearsals as many t- and then emails to my team you know on a regular basis as much as i can you don't want to be annoying but you also <laughs> want to have as many touch points as you can right. to just encourage them give them direction let them know you're praying for them thinking of them all that so yeah yeah Love it, man. Such good stuff. Michael um, Maris here left a, a comment asking, um, any insights on dealing with uh, new and young members to your team who are just learning and may get discouraged? So maybe you can talk to that. Just, you know, and you've invited maybe people on your team or maybe some people have had to go through an audition process who are, you know, you're talking about raising up the, the next generation. Um, I know, man, like, you know, for most of my life, I struggled with insecurity, and there's still days where I have to battle with it, you know? 
Um, yeah, yeah. I know when I was younger, you know, when man, I started when I was, man, I remember the first Sunday I played on the main stage at the church I grew up at. And, um, man, I was like, I was a mess. It was the first time I was ever going to lead a song for the, the main the main campus, <laughs> the main sanctuary. And it was Because of Your Love by Paul Balash. It's the first nice. song I ever led in the main congregation. It's awesome. Yeah main sanctuary but man like i got off the click <laughs> i was like i was all over the place i was so man i was feeling it that day i was like man i was i was feeling the insecurity and i was feeling discouraged coming off of that and i remember there was an older guy on the team who he was a music teacher at, the, at a local school and and he uh was just kind of just really was really encouraging you know but he was intentional about it looking back on it now so you as a worship leader as some of the process and journey that you've gone through what have been some of your experiences with kind of you know dealing with some of that and some of your younger guys yeah um psalm 78 70 through 72 is uh an incredible verse for the worship pastor uh it says he being god chose david his servant and took him from the sheep folds from following the nursing ewes he brought him to shepherd the people israel his inheritance with mm. upright heart he shepherded them and guided mm. them with his skillful hand. And so uh, as worship pastors, we need to embrace the call to pastor our team in a biblical way, mm. yeah. building an environment for your volunteers to thrive in their own worship, their personal worship. And so yeah. this is probably not the popular answer, but something we say on our team all the time is we're going to forfeit talent over holiness like holiness is always going to take precedence. Holiness is more important than my great need for a great electric guitar player. Holiness is more important for than my need for the best drummer I could possibly have. So we want to shepherd our volunteers with upright heart first and foremost, because who shall yeah. ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. Pure and heart. that's, yeah. a, that's, that's, that's huge to God, right? So that's first and foremost, yeah. but David, you know, being called to gather and steward the gifts of, you know, in First Chronicles, it talks about 280 musicians, 88 musicians that he stewarded yeah. and shepherded and kind of put in place. Like we have a job to do skillfully. And so I think, um, you know, with young people, I, what I've found is we don't underestimate what your own skill the ability, don't underestimate the ability your own skill has to bring other people along and bring other people forward in their leadership. Like some yeah. of the best things that I've found is just putting younger worship leaders up there beside me on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Like, and people did that for me when, when I got to wow. go and just be beside people, yeah. I got to, I started <laughs> to emulate them. I started to move like them. I started to strum like them. I started to want to sing yeah. like them and, and yeah. make comments like them, you know? And, and I think sometimes we're afraid to put people up there who their, their musical bar hasn't hit where it needs to be. But I think part of uh, equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry is understanding that the saints need equipped. And so if you see the heart in them, like the heart's got to be there, the holiness, that desire. But then if yeah. you see a potential and skill, man, get them up there beside you. And I think, I don't think you always, I don't, I, I try to tell our team and like we deal with the same insecurities and things like that on our team. Um, you know, why am I not singing as much as this person or why didn't I get scheduled to lead a song this week or whatever? Yeah. 
and what I try to say is I'm my our desire in planning any service is not we're we're really not thinking about the feelings of the people on stage. We're trying to take our people who have walked into the house of the Lord thinking about their mundane lives and the things that are going on and lead them to the majesty of God where they're not thinking about their problems and they're just at the feet of Jesus in worship. And so yeah. when we're planning a set, when we're inviting people to lead, when we're doing those things, often I tell people, look, this week you're not leading a song, but I want you to work on you know, how you play the acoustic. I want you to work on some harmony. But ultimately, I just want you to work on your stage presence, like allow your smile and your countenance and your joy to pull people in to the worship of God. And that is that is developing worship leaders way more than me saying, hey, you can lead Lion and the Lamb this week. You know what I mean? Like me throwing them a song to, to sing is not necessarily worship leading. It's it's right. the countenance, the whole package that comes over time. And so, you know, see the potential, don't be afraid to, but then as worship pastors, like we don't have to have like this clenched grip on every song, every moment, like give those things away uh, yeah. to the younger people and allow them to do the best they can and then be high on, create a culture of feedback. So. You know, we try to do that the, as much as we can. The trick to all that, though, is really just it's relationships, man, as you know. Yeah. Just to be able to get to the point where you can say, hey, I'm going to have, you know, I'm just going to pull a name out of a hat. I'm going to have Jared come up and, and and play beside me and lead beside me. And I'm going to have, you know, you know, them usher, you know, and, and shepherd this moment in the set. Um, yeah. That requires, you know, investment off the stage on you, the yeah. worship pastor. And like, man, that's time consuming. And then, like you even said, that may be a little bit counter the popular way of doing things in the yeah. world that we live in, you know, um, because it takes extra work and it takes, you know, being intentional about, you know, putting in the time to build the relationship with the person, you know, and that takes Absolutely. time, you know, and that takes, um, you know, sometimes going out and, and doing things that you may not necessarily want to do. You know, something I hear about a lot of times, like between pastors and worship leaders is, and that dynamic, that's a whole other topic, but just it relates to well, our conversation in this way that like, you know, I'll have a pastor say like, man, I want a worship leader that I'm going to just, I can go out golfing with and I can go out and do all these things and just be buddies with. I'm like, and I get that. But, you know, sometimes when you're developing people, that means like we talked about before, you mentioned it in a different context of sacrificing your own, um, you know, your, your own desire and your own preference to kind of yeah. further the kingdom and to build into a person and build into a relationship. And, I'll be frank. I know my pastor does that with me. I drive him up the wall some days, and, uh, <laughs> but uh, he. But I see him do that in my life, and like you know, I'm trying to do that you know with people on my team. And so just to kind of speak to what you're saying, um, how like to do all these things, there's there's so much to it aside from just saying, hey, I'm going to bring somebody up and I'm going to challenge them. But you can challenge them and challenge them to fail too if you're not holding that responsibility yourself as yeah. a worship pastor to build into them. And so I just think it's. It's interesting to, to kind of hear that perspective, but also to realize the, I guess, the responsibility that comes with that, you know? It's yeah. awesome stuff, man. Thanks for kind of digging into that and diving into that. I know we're starting to kind of um, wind our time here, um, so I want to be kind of careful with that and, and make a little bit of a turn here and kind of chat about some things as we finish out our time. But um, cool. let's, let's just kind of talk a little bit about, um, let's see. 
ethnicity where we're at here. So we kind of, we walk through just your journey starting out with the church and just kind of coming along the process and the progress that you've gone through to where you are today. Um, let's just kind of talk through some of the challenges that you're facing as a, as a church today in, in the culture building at this stage of its development. Because, man, it's one thing, like you've already said, to be, be intentional about building culture in the early days of a church plant. But some of us in here, you know, we lead worship at churches that are, you know, up and growing and healthy and, you know, and, uh, and larger churches. So what are perhaps some of the challenges that you're facing now in this season of your life and season of ministry as far as building into your team and developing culture, um, even if it's maintaining culture? You know, but what are some of those yeah. things that you're you're working on now at, at this season of, of church growth and development? Yeah, um, you know, I think probably some of the I, this is probably unique in some ways, just because we're in a kind of a season of where the Lord's been gracious with volunteers and things like that. Um, you know, I I think you're constantly. Honestly, one of my hardest things is just the amount of people who want to be up on the platform now, which some churches are sure. probably like, man, I wish that was my problem. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, we're in, we've grown, we have a good team. So I think talent breeds talent. You know, that's why in the early days you're putting your best people up there because you want people that come that are, that are, have skill to want to be up there and not leave. And so I think that's important in the early days. And now it's like we've developed kind of a good team. And so a lot of people want to be up there. And so there's a challenge of how do you, how do you equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, but still keep the musical bar that you want to have in your, in your church. And so, you know, how do you, who are the right people to say no to, who are the right people to say yes to, who are the right people to develop musically and those kinds of things, or who are the people that, that like they need to go serve in a different ministry area until they can grow into it. Um, yeah. And then in, in that, as you're adding to your team, you know, it's just some people are serving less and some people are serving more and, you know, dealing, trying to, um, trying to work through the insecurities of some of that sometimes is mm -hmm. something that, you just like you just have to have short accounts in your ministry and not be afraid to have the conversation not be afraid to understand that you know if you have a negative view of something it's probably a misperception uh, because you really are loved and cared for and um, and just you know staying true to if I say yes to you I'm committed to you and so I want to help you develop your gift and it may not look the way like you want it to look right now, as far as your platform time, as far as your leadership, all those kinds of things. But know that if you're on our ministry, like we're going to be uh, committed to you and develop you and we're open to having conversation and those sorts of things. And so I'm learning those things like you got to be always when anytime you have a lot of volunteers and more coming, you just have to be open to hard conversations but like ultimately yeah. if your yeah. if your desire is to love the people then those hard conversations are going to be covered over by hopefully the love of Christ and and by doing those things mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean that's a big one i'm so, stuff that i'm learning now is like i used to feel the need to every time somebody got in the funnel of like i want to be on the team i had to like 
I felt like I needed to go deal with it right away, like have a sit down with them, hear their testimony, get an interview scheduled, get an audition scheduled. We've gotten to the point now where we're like, hey, we're actually, hey, thanks for your uh, email. The process for getting on the team is like a little lengthier. Like you need to be a member of the church. You need to go through membership class and the membership interview and you need to uh, be in a small group. And then, and then now we're saying like, Hey, we, we don't have any auditions until October of the fall. And Mm. so we'll set a big audition date and we'll, we'll assess our needs at the time rather than say like, cause you know, you just get to the point where you can't add everybody, you know what I mean? And so those, those are the challenges, but thankful to grow through those for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's great, man. And that's, that's good insight too. Cause at the same time, you know, we're not called to do everything well. We're just called, to, we're called to do what we've been gifted to do well, you know? Yeah. The, the right. Lord doesn't expect us to do everything, you know? And so when you have, yeah. you know, when you get to the point where you have so many people wanting to be a part of it, um, you know, it's like Jesus picked his 12 disciples, you know, it's like, that yeah. was his bandwidth, you know? And, um, yeah. You know, it's, it's maybe knowing yourself and having self-awareness as a leader to be able to, yeah, we get, don't get me wrong, we have to be building into other leaders to be able to have them build into to other leaders and teams, you know, but that's that's part of that decision-making on our part as worship pastors, you know, who am I investing in, you know, who's going to then be able to invest in others, but at the same time, you know, to be able to think, you know, big picture as a whole, as a whole team, you know, what's, what's going to be the best for the health of the team that we do have, you know? Um, you know, are we getting to the point where we have so many people on the team, but where they're not really being challenged, they're not really being developed, it's not something that's healthy. You know, it's always cool to have big numbers, but, like, are we taking being good stewards of what we do have for yeah. to bring all that other stuff in, you know? So it's, yeah. it's not, like, to your point, it's not a heart of exclusion. It's more of a heart of just being stewards of what we have to work with in this season and then i like the way you put that like hey six months from now it's a different season of life different yeah. season of nature it's a different season so let's kind of revisit this in a new season and you know when the things are in a different place let's maybe have you come in then and, and kind of go through that process but i like the way you think about that that, that, uh, that big picture perspective i'm just adding in that that stewarding element of, kind of what we what we have at any given yeah time. that's great but dude, yeah, you know, we're we've kind of basically hit our time here, man. So man, this has been awesome. I feel like we hit a bunch of really great stuff. At the same time, feeling like yeah, there's dude. so much more that we could be hitting on. Um, but this was, this was really <laughs> it's good. It's a big topic. Yeah, thanks for letting topic. me I'm, join. I'm, you. I'm excited that I got to you know jump on it with you and and have you kind of share your heart and, and tackle this with us. So again, guys, if you have any other questions, feel free to make comments on this video. Um, and uh, you know, Mike is pretty regular in here as well. And man, I'm, I'm psyched that you're in here. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want absolutely. to tap him in a question, feel free to ask him questions or shoot him a message or whatever. And he'd be happy to, I'm sure, to get in touch with you and, and kind of give you some thoughts on, on anything related to, to our topic today. But, man, as we wrap up, how can we as a community be praying for you? And how can we be encouraging you and, and what the Lord's, you know, placed on your heart to be doing in this season of life, man? Yeah. Um, man, my family is just in a season of uh, I, we feel just content and blessed. And, uh, uh, like we're running after what God has called us to. So we're thankful for that. Um, so just pray, 
you know, I have four kids. I don't know if I said that. I have four kids, two girls, two yeah. boys. And uh, I love my family. And But, you know, anytime ministry, ministry will always pull against family in some ways. And it, in, in some ways, I love that tension because it is constantly teaching my kids, hopefully, that giving your life to Jesus and following what he calls you to is, like, worth it. And so, man, like, that's yeah. what I want my kids to grasp. And so I love the tension of ministry and family. And so just pray that we would use that balance. We would use that tension for the glory of God as we try to raise our kids, as my marriage stays strong, and as our ministry stays strong. And so, um, yeah, that would be the biggest prayer for sure, just that we would use all of that for the for the glory of the Lord and just that the that God would keep doing what he's doing at our church that people you know we're trying to plant a downtown South Bend campus and we're trying yeah. to plant an El- Elkhart campus and so we're looking for campus pastors and you know potentially worship leaders and stuff like that for those campuses and so just pray that God would the, you know the only reason we're doing those things are for the gospel to get out more and so just pray for our community yeah. in that sense yeah Man, I love it. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on and, and being a part of this today and diving into this topic. And, and uh, we'll definitely right keep on, you man. in our, our prayers as we go forward. But thanks for spending the time with us today. And, and uh, I'll be looking forward to catching up with you again soon. And again, to all of you guys, yeah. thank you so much for being a part of all this. And um, if you guys feel like reaching out to any of us, we'd love to get to know you guys some more and, and continue to, to further the kingdom and build a relationship with all you guys. So hopefully you all can have a great yes. rest of your day and we'll catch up soon. Right on. Thanks, man. Peace, man. Later. See ya.